Hey there! This week we are discussing 2011's Red State, an American independent horror thriller film written and directed by Kevin Smith and starring Michael Parks, John Goodman, Melissa Leo, and Stephen Root. I don't even know how to give a brief synopsis of this film because it's all over the place. But hopefully this episode isn't. Join us now as we welcome back special guest CJ McDermott and talk about why I remember liking this movie, whether or not this is actually a horror movie just because Kevin Smith says so, and which one of us, if any, would ever accept an open beer from Melissa Leo. Welcome to Fright Pub. Welcome to Fright Pub, an intoxicating horror movie podcast. Mm, yeah, you got I don't that know. One. Was it good? I thought that was awesome. It's, I mean, it sounded good to did on, it. On this All right, that's good. Yeah. It didn't sound great to, to me. My virgin ears. It was it was hot shit. I loved it. Nice. Excellent. So welcome everybody. Yay! Welcome and welcome back, CJ. Hi. It's like Welcome Back Cotter, but way better. Way better. Yeah, yeah. A little less. It's like Welcome 70s, Back Cotter, 80s. but hotter. Ah, I like it. There we I, are. I'm feeling hot tonight. Let's fucking do this. <laughs> Let's go. Nice. You and everybody in my fucking house, which is why I'm recording remotely, because my house is a house of pestilence and plague. Yeah. So uh I am I am recording remote tonight. Liam was probably hoping to be here because he's still feeling well. So you would have like I had am. you would have had would an excuse to, be... to like quarantine away. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to not be here in the leper colony, but <laughs> you know, that's But these he are, was these needed. are things that I have to deal with. Well, we got your horseman down. Who's the rest of us now? Is that <laughs> Yep. So CJ and I are together. Because yeah. we're feeling yeah. good. And then in the lab. Shaggy is also feeling like dog shit. Yes. Shaggy, you can <laughs> fucking talk now. I, I did. <laughs> well, I do have you a feel two... like dog shit, Shaggy? No. I do have a two second delay, though, okay. because I'm remote and my computer's slow as fuck. So if it sounds like I'm dumb or can't hear you. It's it's not true. I can. It's because it you're just, dumb and you can't hear us. No, that's not. This, the computer is oh. old as fuck. I won this computer in a sales contest, and it's the slowest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. So today, gang, we're discussing Red State. Yes. Oh, yeah. Kevin Smith. This is our second Kevin Smith opus. Wait, you guys did a different one? We, we did, did Tusk. Tusk. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, we did Tusk, and I didn't care for that shit at all. So we'll have to see what happens with this one. Yeah, Tusk yeah, is a Yeah, let's tough talk one. about it. Does anybody know why this movie isn't streaming? I assumed it was because of the whole Harvey Weinstein thing. Because I, I was going to say, is this the dogma situation? Yeah, he's holding dogma hostage, uh, but it is okay. not. But I didn't see. Th- I didn't see his his name on this one. Was his name on this one? No, no. And I, I what it seems like it's not streaming. If if I did my homework right, is because Kevin Smith actually did all of the. Uh, uh, he did all the post-production on this himself. Like he farmed it around. He sold it. He did everything. And what I'm guessing is it was kind of a fuck you from the big distributors. 
to make sure that it didn't really get out. Oh, wow. Interesting. Interesting. Because so how did I you watch buy this? Right. So I own this movie now. <laughs> He's yeah. thrilled about you it. You own it. How did you get it, CJ? Well, <laughs> I, I don't have as strict of morals as you guys oh, on the Fright okay. Club. Um, I, I did what I'd normally do is I looked for it on streaming. Didn't find it. I looked for it to rent. Couldn't find it. And then I looked for it to buy online. Couldn't find it. And I was like, well, I was denied three times. I'm just going to pirate the shit out of this. I mean, that, I that was the only there, way to yeah. do it. I, I, I you know, it, it was the way to do it. Now, Shaggy said that he found a copy at his local library. I did. What library is that? I found it at the, oh, you want to know where I live? You'd like that, wouldn't you, Fright fans? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> How are all of our fans going to send you their underwear? That's yeah. true. I don't, Good point. If Sorry. they don't know where you live. Don't you tempt me, Satan. Never mind. They can't call that into the email. They can send pics. So just saying, people might be able to find it at a library. Yeah. yeah. Let's just do a history lesson. There was this fellow by the name of Andrew Carnegie. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Worst person but ever. But then he built libraries. No, he's a great guy. So who put this one on the list? That's what I'd like to know. I did. It was me. Why? <laughs> Not to be aggressive about it, no, but why did you do that? that's okay. I, yes, I, that's right. I had put it on the list even before, because when Melissa... Hill Grande was on the show. Um, we talked for Tusk. We talked about it and she mentioned Red State and I was like, oh, I'm going to put that on the list. But then I looked and I had already put it on the list. And so I'm trying to remember why I did that. But I remembered this like when she brought it up and I went to put it on and saw that it was already there. I remembered that I like that I thought that this was like one of the only Kevin Smith movies I really liked. And then I watched it again. And like <laughs> so the thing is it was what I remembered it. Like it's not like it's not a case of thinking it was another movie. Like this was the movie I thought it was. But I guess you I just felt differently this time. Well, I don't even know if I felt differently this time. But I think maybe I only remembered like one plot line of the movie and that mm. was the one I liked. And then when I saw it like intertwined with all the other shit, I liked it less. And I mean, like this movie is not going to get like a spoiler. This movie is not going to get a zero from me because John Goodman is in it. So, yeah, and yeah. that's the thing. Like, I just I love him. I just I think I love everything he does uh, just across the board. So it's not going to get. And I mean, the one dude, the other dude, um, the main guy, he's amazing, too. And we he was in Tusk as well. And we talked about his talent in Tusk. I don't think that's right. Parks, Michael, oh, Parks. Michael Parks, Michael yeah, Parks. Of course, yeah. Michael Parks is that guy. I mean, he's the star of the show. Yes. And he's amazing. I mean, yeah. he. He carries this movie. I, him, him and Goodman. Him and Goodman, for see, sure. See, I don't even think... I love John Goodman. I think he's amazing, but I don't think he carries this movie. I think he does a good job. Um, But I think Michael Parks carries this movie. I think he's really, like... I love seeing John Goodman all the time. I just... I always get excited when he's in a movie. Uh, But 
I think this movie would have really suffered if it weren't for Michael Parks. So no love for Academy Award winning actress Melissa Leo. Right. She was good, too. She's it's awesome. another it's another John Goodman thing. I don't yeah. think she carried the movie, though. Oh, no, no, no. Um. So. So, yeah. So that's I guess hopefully that answers your question about why I added it. Not so, uh, it'll do for now. A we'll little bit of a, a little bit of a different take as like it's not it's not the movie I remembered, but it is the movie I remembered. I just felt differently this time or I just remembered you only know, that, one segment that of happened it to me with uh, a history of violence. Oh, okay. I saw oh. that movie in the theater and it blew my mind. I thought it was great. And then like two years later, I bought it on DVD mm-hmm. and I watched it and I hated it. Yeah. I hated that from the jump. I could not hmm. get into that movie. The acting was so bad and I don't know how I missed it in the first watch of it, but it was, it was quite terrible. Yeah. And, and the, it, it just. I never thought I'd say this. I, I know we're jumping off topic on another movie, but That's all right. history of violence is just gratuitous. There is just too oh, yeah. much of what you think you want in it. Like there were points in that movie where I'm, I watched it with three or four of my buddies and I'm like, why do I have an erection? I, that shouldn't be happening right <laughs> now Bello. in the movie theme. Well, I knew exactly why I had it, but I was like, yeah, it's Maria this Bello. shouldn't be happening in a movie theater right now. Like, I, Interesting. So CJ... To to get back onto topic, you put the you put your name on the list for this. You signed up for this one. Hell yeah, I did. Tell us about that. Yeah, he's excited about it. I'm excited yeah, to hear yeah. your your opinions. Well, I remember liking this movie when I saw it. So I was like, well, you know what? I'll put that on. And if you would have asked me a week ago if I was a Kevin Smith fan, I would have probably said like indifferent. You know, give him whatever. I'll I'll take him or leave him. But then I realized, like, I've seen every single one of this guy's movies at least once. I'm an avid podcast listener, so I've listened to probably hundreds of hours of Kevin Smith's podcast. Okay. Like, I, I mean, I listen to probably 15 to 20 hours a week of podcast period. So it, wow. it's going to come up. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was just one of those things where I was like, I slowly realized while I was watching this movie, it's like, oh, shit, I'm a Kevin Smith fan. <laughs> you know, I, I have had my jokes read on one of his podcasts before. Nice. Like I was like, oh shit! Like I, I am that far in that I've written in. I was, I was a first time caller on a Kevin Smith. That's awesome. <laughs> so it, it wasn't just Long-time you guys. Listener, first time caller. And ironically, I realized that the jokes that I wrote for his, it was Hollywood Babylon, as his podcast, were about Liam Neeson's dick. <laughs> And the letter I wrote to your guys' podcast is about Michael Shannon's dick. <laughs> I have been on two podcasts, and they have both been talking about famous people's dicks. Amazing. And I still have not been on Stuff You Should Know Yet. And I, I know why now, <laughs> but that, <laughs> sooner or later, they will get my dick story on there. <laughs> They've got to, man. Yeah. Well, now I want to know, what did you say, Liam Neeson's dick? What dick did you say? Yeah, Liam, they, yeah, do, so- they do a bit on the, his... It's Hollywood Babylon. They they chat him and Ralph Garman, who plays Caleb, the silent guy in this movie. They chat about Hollywood stories, things like that. And at the end, they do an on running joke about how big Liam Neeson's cock is. Okay. And they, it's a whole thing, you know, how big is it? They chant and stuff, and people send in cock jokes. <laughs> so I, I had a couple written on there, and I was like, I see, oh, okay. I see. So I was like, I realized while I, I was like, why did I sign up for this? And I was like, oh shit, I must actually be a Kevin Smith fan. 
I actually I I dig his stuff. I like All the right. way the guy works. I like I like the way he thinks. So I'm in. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I am not particularly a Kevin Smith fan. To to the rousing surprise of um but you know so just to just to retcon something real fast that we didn't get to talk about on one of our more recent episodes uh and i don't even know if this made it into the podcast but there was the conversation about uh yeah be careful the lesbian sex oh in lay diabolique Diabolique. okay yeah and shaggy you asked me why I associate fisting with lesbian sex. And I realized later it's because of Kevin Smith. Oh, like I was in high school when I saw chasing Amy one time. And literally the only thing I remember about that movie is the conversation that she and Ben Affleck are having where he was like, well, how much variety can there be in lesbian sex? And she says, well, and then does like a fisting motion. Yeah, because I don't think that that I don't know, man. I don't know if that's and a very for some reason that act. burned into my like sixteen year old brain. Yeah, I get uh, he's and I haven't watched that zeitgeist. movie since. Yeah, so it's like now that's just like in my head now that like that's a part of it. So I blame Kevin Smith for that whole conversation. Yeah, I, I he All is right. a zeitgeist guy. He gets in there like everybody <laughs> knows about Kevin Smith, like him or oh, hate him. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Should we talk about what we're drinking? Yes. Shaggy, why don't you go first? Sure, I'll go first. That sounds good. Um, I'm having... Is it Dayquil? The Hill- yes. No, I'm having the Hillbilly Hot Toddy. Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. I know. It's, it's warmed up Arizona iced tea with Jim Beam and Jack Daniels. I just bought the tiny little, bur- the little guys, right? It's just little guys. <laughs> Did you steal those then, off the plane you were just on? No, you don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, I didn't. I, I literally just went out and got the, the tiny little bottles. It was either this or I also brought home some cheer wine from my home Ooh. state of North Carolina. I love but I drank wine. it all already. So no, I didn't use that. Anyway, I thought, you know, hey, cheer wine's from the red state. It's a red drink from That's the red state one. North oh. Carolina. But no, I drank it all. It's fun, but I drank it also now. It's the Hillbilly Hot Toddy. You warm up Arizona iced tea like a can of it from a gas station. Yes. Um, and Yeah, and then you just pour in Jim Beam and Jack Daniels, the tiny little bottles, and it's delicious. I um I can't remember the last time I had Cheerwine. It's been a long time. Probably Catawba. Yeah, yeah I don't down. know if I've had it since, yeah. Come on down to North Carolina. We got Duke's mayonnaise and Texas Pete and cheer wine and racism. Hey, we got we got Duke's oh. mayonnaise up here now too. I still prefer we Hellman's, do. but Duke's is decent. Yeah. I will say I don't I don't remember being bowled over by cheer wine. Like it was fine. But I don't remember like I can't I can't be here for this negativity. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> How about indifference? I don't think I've ever it's had it. It's a cherry it's a cherry uh that's fine. Soda. Oh, I don't know I, if I they still have it, we can, but you, we can they used you. to have uh, glass <laughs> bottles of it sold individually for sale at uh, Penn Mac. Oh, mm. interesting. I mm. found it down there, down in the strip once at the uh, like, Pennsylvania Macaroni Company. It's yeah. like when you get Mexican food and you're like, I'm getting the special Coke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe. Yeah. 
Shaggy, could you, yeah. Shaggy, if you're able to, could you bring me some back? Just a can. Yes. Just so I definitely. can taste it again. Oh, I'll bring you some a can. Uh, oh. <laughs> Thanks. That was supposed to be a double entendre um, and it failed. Should I go next? Sure, Lauren, you go next. Okay, Do I it. too, because Liam got all the LDC drinks again. I uh, So um, this was not my fault. It is a very last minute thing that I did not come <laughs> record live. Yeah. I, I was leaving Lawrenceville Distilling Company when I got the call to come home. So I'm sorry that I will be drinking all of the deliciousness tonight. So and, and because of that, Son I of usually get two drinks and I feel like for this movie, I need two drinks. So I have two drinks. And the first one is pretty basic. It's Miller Lite. That's the one for the uh, left hand or the right hand? State the Miller Lite. Because that tracks. It's in my left hand right now. There you now. go. So which one's in your right hand? <laughs> so my right hand has something called a painkiller. <laughs> it's a beer. It's a pain. Well, is it a beer? Maybe I don't know if it is. It's a painkiller cocktail inspired malt beverage. So, no, it's not a beer. It's in a beer can. Oh, I don't know. I haven't opened this one yet. We'll have to see where, what we do Ooh. here. Um, Let's see how it pops. So, it's pain. Should I open it now? Painkiller yeah, cocktail inspired malt beverage with orange juice, pineapple juice, and coconut powder. Ooh. Oh. So it's a painkiller mm, because, I mean, I just figure, like, there's so much. I just need a painkiller after this movie. Oh, I'm, I'm feeling some bad vibes about this from <laughs> you guys. Oh, that was and, it. There was nothing. Did you hear it? I heard something. Was yeah, that the pop? that was the pop. That yeah. was it. Sorry, I stepped Fucking all over that one. That's, yeah. It's a malt beverage, so. CJ, what are you drinking? Um, So I went with what I'm going to call... Let's call this a Sunday, a virgin Sunday afternoon sweet tea. A virgin um, Sunday afternoon sweet tea? Yeah, because there's some virgins in this movie. Okay. Uh, not not really-ish. Uh, yeah. You know, there's a lot of religion, Sunday afternoon sweet tea. Okay. And uh, it involves, it is just a straight glass of old granddad whiskey. <laughs> um, which old granddad as well. So this is triple ent- yeah. entendre right here. There you go. Uh, we're going, you it know, for Michael on many Parks. levels, sir. You know, we'll go with the, the, the hypocrisy of the religion in this movie for the virgin part. So, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. This is this is going to light me up a little bit better than I think I brought beer last time. And I don't. Yeah, I'm okay. not a beer guy. I'm a, I'm a bourbon guy. There you go. So I'm enjoying you. this. Even though you know, is, if you are a bourbon guy, you should stop down to Lawrenceville Distilling, CJ, because their bourbon that they have down there, it's very small batch, uh, but it is delicious it is one of the best bourbons i've ever had i i have a rule about bourbon i will drink any bourbon i love all bourbons um but i specifically like bourbon bourbons that would cost less than buying a wife beater at walmart <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it, like if, if it costs, this is not that yeah if it costs so less than bag, the shirt yeah. you're wearing when you drink it then it's probably too expensive. I mean, bourbon's a cheap, <laughs> cheap booze. So speaking of Lawrenceville Distilling, I stopped down there and I have all of the goodies. So I have a drink that Jeremy put together that has been dubbed the Sex, Religion, and Politics. Hmm. Ooh. Because that is how the cast is divvied up in the credits. Oh. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is ghost bomber gin, but they're smoked ghost bomber. So it's got a smoky flavor to it. 
it's orange juice, lime juice, and then a splash of almond cream soda. Hmm. And it's in a, it's in a rimmed, a glass rimmed in, in Himalayan pink salt. And it is complex and very, very interesting and delicious. And I like it a lot. I think it is tasty as hell. Yeah. The lime juice throws me off on that. I'd I'd like to try that. Yeah. Well, you'll have to go down to Lawrenceville Distilling Company. I guess so. Give me the sex, religion, and politics. Give me the sex. Because we should have been able to try it. I know you should have been able to try it, but my fucking kids. (laughs) Fucking kids and their immune system. Hey, CJ, have you ever heard of something called an infinity bottle? An infinity bottle? No. An infinity bottle. I just found I just found out about this. Okay, so an infinity bottle basically, if you like multiple whiskeys and you like them to be, you know, cheaper than a wife beater, what you can do is you get yourself a large a large bottle and you pour multiple different whiskeys into it. And then every time you serve it and it gets low, you grab a new whiskey and pour it in so that the whiskey flavor is Ooh. always changing and developing over time. I think that that is the most interesting shit I've ever heard, and I can't believe this is starting to gain popularity with, like, whiskey heads. And I was like, what? That doesn't sound real. That sounds like someone made that up. Well, my friend, Christmas is right around the corner. Ooh. (laughs) I made you a whiskey out of what I had. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Here's this infinity bottle of backwash and Jack Daniels. I mean, is a cheap <laughs> no, whiskey connoisseur. I mean, hit me. Why not? <laughs> You're not supposed to drink out of the bottle, Liam. You pour the bottle into shots for people, and then you put more Shaggy, in the bottle. Shaggy, where's your sense of adventure? My sense of adventure does not rely on drinking other people's saliva. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. a college Shaggy doesn't even know you anymore. Well, he left with the hair. My days of drinking people's spit is over. I was going to say, let's be real. Like, three three years ago, Shaggy doesn't. What? Like, we don't have to take it all the way back to college. It yeah, could just be three years shaggy. ago. Okay, yeah, just because I don't shaggy. have a hang-up about bodily fluids. Like, you guys are like, oh, no, bodily fluids. I'm going to get a disease. I mean, yeah, that's where you get them. I em. didn't but either like, three years ago. And now everyone is sus. Now, now everyone is sus. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says, I told Lauren I was Sus COVID negative, that. but I had the sniffles, and she was like, that's cool. You're staying over there. I don't like it. I don't like, I don't it. like it. Well, yeah, Get nobody in me. my house has COVID. They've just got the old-fashioned fucking influenza. Um, I did want to say a few things about Michael Blake. Is that his name? Michael Page? Michael, Michael Parks? Blasi? Michael, Michael Parks, Parks, that's his name. You Michael fucking Parks. Cretan. Melissa the reason is, why... Melissa <laughs> is cringing. The reason why that this guy got picked for this movie, I did a little bit of research, is that he played a sheriff in Quentin Tarantino's film From Dust Till Dawn. Uh, he played a, uh, a sheriff named Ed, Ed Gwynn? No, that's a... No, that's not... That's, not <laughs> that's, that's um, an actor. <laughs> Earl, Earl McGraw. He plays Earl McGraw, nothing like Ed Gwynn. Earl McGraw in, in From Dusk Till, Till Dawn. Okay? okay? Directly after that, Quentin Tarantino uses him again for a different movie um, called uh, Planet Terror. And then okay. after that, he also uses him for another movie called Kill Bill. Yeah. And he's, he plays Texas Ranger Earl McGraw in all of those movies. So, And so when Kevin Smith decided he wanted to make a Quentin Tarantino movie, 
Right, exactly. <laughs> but th the thing that's less oh. interesting to me is that is, is that is is that Kevin Smith said he wouldn't he wouldn't do the movie if if this dude would not play it. He refused to do the movie unless this was the guy. Right? That is interesting right. to me. However, what's more interesting to me is that the universe in which there are slutty stripper vampires and also trained uh, five star model killers. And also a gun leg lady that avoids a death car driven by Kurt Russell. Those all happen in the same universe, on the same planet. Like, there are vampires and ninja model killers and a car that kills people. You sound sad that you're not there. <laughs> I, I am. And yeah. so I want my stripper vampire and my yeah. model ninja to get in my death cab. And we will just... This is every day when I wake up and nobody's cloned fucking dinosaurs. Like, I wake up in the wrong universe. Holy fucking shit, there's no dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, that's every fucking morning for me. I know how you feel, man. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, I wanted to make sure I got that out. I thought that Kevin Smith, like, would, like, only work with Michael Parks, like, after he started working with Michael Parks. Did I misread that? Like, because I thought, so Tusk, Tusk was after this, right? Or was Tusk it was right after, after this. It was the next one he Far wrote, after. and he wrote it with Michael Parks in mind. Again, the same thing. If, if Michael Parks isn't in this, That's I won't do it. That's the thing, like, he wrote shit. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, okay. I guess that goes along with what Shaggy was saying, too. Um, I mean, he's also going to be in Tusk, too. No, he's Shut dead. Shut the fuck up. Please tell me there's not a Tusk 2. Well, Michael Parks is not going to be in it because he's dead. Yeah. When did he die? Uh, uh, three years ago. Yeah. 2020, I thought. I but maybe 2020, yeah. Yeah. Like, so recently. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry. 2017. Oh, really? That long ago? Yeah. Three years ago if it were 2020 because. Yes. Yeah, but time is meaningless um, as we've all learned. Yeah. Time, is Time makes no sense. We're all still doing this remote. Death comes for us all. I, I seriously, there's a part of me that thinks the world just ended in 2020 <laughs> yeah. and we're just all dead and we're like, which this is, you think this, this is, hell is the afterlife. I'm not calling it hell. Purgatory. But it sure ain't good. <laughs> yeah. I'm not calling it heaven either. Yeah. Um, But so while we're talking about actors, though, can I, I don't know if you'll have an answer for this, CJ, but you mentioned him briefly. The actor who played Caleb. Yes, that, uh, Ralph uh, Garman. He looked so familiar to me, but I couldn't figure mm. out why. He he's in. He does at least a small scene in every new Kevin Smith movie. Okay, maybe I, that's where um, I had just seen him. And does he? He's around. A, you'd probably recognize his voice, ironically enough, more than anything. Like he does a lot of voiceover work. Oh, uh, um, okay. He was a, a main contributor on K Rock Radio out in L.A. for years and years and years. Okay. Um, but he looked so familiar. He's just got a face. Uh, he's got a face. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he, I mean, he's a very, very funny comedian. He does a lot oh, of work cool. with uh, with Warner Brothers as Batman. He plays. A, if you've ever heard anything with um. Batman 66. He's the voice of Batman. He basically oh, okay. plays uh, who who's the guy that played Batman in the 60s and 70s? Adam West? He yeah. he he does Adam, Adam West's West voice. He was one of Adam West's best friends before okay. Adam West died. And he does all he took over that role for him. Oh, okay. That's cool. I I am 
weirdly a, a fan of all these people. I'm a fan of Stephen Root. Yes, Absolutely. that's true. Stephen Root, another one. Melissa Leo, John Goodman, Stephen Root, all good characters. Kevin, oh, I have a question. <laughs> oh, fun, fun trivia moment for you guys. They almost replaced John Good- Goodman with Alan Rickman. Huh. They were going to have Alan I'd Rickman do the role of John Goodman, but he was currently, he was like, That'd have been dope, but he was like, nah, I'm on this Harry Potter movie. I'm on this Harry Potter movie. Yeah, no, I I support his decision. Yeah, I support his decision, and also, I don't know that I could have seen him. I mean, it would have, I'm sure it would have been fine, but, like, I don't know if I could actually, like, see him in that character. Oh, come on, from Die Hard, he can do the accent. You've seen Die Hard. He can do the American accent just well. I have not seen Die Hard. That's an American accent. You've never seen Die Hard. I have not seen Die Hard. Good news for you, it is Christmas time. What? Lauren, I have have failed you. (laughs) Oh my God. I have not seen Die Hard. What the fuck? You never told me what a bad friend I am? I'm sorry. (laughs) Why are you coming over? Oh, awesome. After, after yeah. all of the flu is out of my house, you're coming over, and we're going to watch the fuck out of some Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Die awesome. Hard is what they used before creatine came out for bodybuilders. Like, it, it is the fucking movie. Dude, Die Hard. So, <laughs> Die Hard 1 is legitimately, like, a four and a half, bare minimum, star movie. Like, it's legitimately great. Which includes an amazing monologue from him in an American accent. Okay. It is, uh, Alan Rickman lays it down in that movie. It's also Alan Rickman's first fucking movie. Yeah. Is it really? (laughs) It is. Which way to come out of the gate. Slays it. Oh my God. He is, he is, uh, I I, I can't even talk about it anymore. (laughs) This fucking movie instead. Oh fuck but you! This movie is I awesome. I can't, I, I can't I, hold it back anymore. I fucking love this movie. Wait, he's German. <laughs> he's Alan German. But, uh, no, stop, stop, stop. We're not talking about it anymore. I know he's German in the movie, but we're not talking about it anymore. Shaggy, it's obviously been a while. You can come over too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming over just for the hell Yay. of it. There we if, go. Yeah, absolutely. We Everybody made come plans. over to my house. We're Do gonna it. watch Die Hard. Uh, Shaggy has obviously forgotten the Bill Clay subterfuge, but. You know, we'll we'll remind him. All oh right. my god, that's right. Oh my god, are you gonna shoot me? So, yes. He has that overly American accent. Yes, that's right. So, oh my this god. This movie though has Stephen Root, who also fucking nails it in every movie that he's in. Nails he's it. Always different. He does not have enough screen time in this movie. And then and then that's part of the problem though. Then as an afterthought, they just like blow his head up in the car. Just like, oh, fuck, we got to wrap up the storyline. Well, Lauren, Mm -hmm. that's what you get for being secretly gay. Okay. Whoa. Well, hold on. That was actually an Easter egg, too. I just wanted you guys to know Kevin Smith did that on purpose. Okay. He said, like, basically, there's 11 Easter eggs in the movie that he's not telling anybody about. He wants the fans to find them. And the first one that was found was that we bookend the sheriff's arc. Because when we first meet him and when we first leave him... He is taking a load to the face. Uh, wait, no, he's not. Mm-hmm. He was not taking the load to the face. Yeah. The other guy was taking the load. He was to the giving face. a load. Maybe he was giving a load, then he had to take the load. Look, there I were... don't want to do Kevin Maybe Smith's work for him, though. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that. So, or, or, am I correct that all three of you hated this movie and I fucking love this movie? <laughs> so, 
I I mean, no. I don't want to jump into reviews. I had a good time quite yet. Um. Oh no. Well, well you're not hiding your, said, your 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 hatred, right? That's <laughs> no, true. Well. I, because honestly, I don't know 100% how to feel about this movie. So I'm hoping that we can kind of talk it out and I'll know by the end. But I will say, uh, in spite of the setup, this is not a horror movie. Okay. There's no main character. Well, not only is there no main character, but it stops being a horror movie as soon as John Goodman shows up. It becomes an action movie. Okay. Do, I don't even know if it, it becomes, it becomes a, a Tarantino movie. <laughs> it becomes yeah. a commentary. Yes, if it, well, kind of. So, like, I'd like to say what's what's a little surprising to me, Liam, is that you don't like this movie at least a, a lot in one way, and that this entire movie is a gigantic send-up of the Westboro Baptist Church, like the whole bit. Like, no, this... okay, so here's the thing. Oh, and don't forget Waco. Yeah, there's there's Waco. There's 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 many things. At play here. So one issue that I have with the movie is, and I'm kind of shooting from the hip here because I'm trying to articulate my feelings on it uh, in real time. I've been marinating on it, and I still am 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 sort of lost in the forest with this movie. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, but so first of all, I I thought that if you're the goal is to uh have a, a catharsis with a stand in for the Westboro Baptist church. I think, uh, Kingsman does it better in one scene than this movie does it in a whole movie. Well, I think it, I think you, you, well, yeah, for catharsis, right. sure. But this is but I don't think I mean, analysis I, or like true vision of what they actually look like. I think we kind of know what they actually look like, though. Like, I don't think this is something that necessarily... I think the preacher gets way too much screen time for my taste. Oh, really? Oh, really? I would have watched I an do. entire fucking movie of Michael Parks just I was monologuing say, that No, I mean, the, the performance is fine. The performance is great. But, I mean, like, we just give this weird man the microphone for a, a very long time. Okay. With... Very well, you little, know, he, he did that with on very purpose. little pay. I'm not saying he did it by accident. I'm saying I hated it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, so, this goes that I actually, mean, do you know what I mean? It's like, there's a, he gets to monologue for a very, very long time with very little payoff as far as commentary on what it is that he, there's, there's not really a refutation of his belief system in the movie. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I loved about that though? I mean, I the whole movie is a refutation yeah. of his belief system. It's, this dude's cuckoo what banana pants. me away about that, though, is like, it's it's a lot about him. And I, I have this written in my notes. I brought my notes for this movie. This is how in, This is how into it I was. Yeah. I noticed, and this is about as critic-y as I will get in a movie, because, like, I fucking watch a lot of bad movies and love them. <laughs> and this is a great movie, and I love it, but... If you watch those scenes, especially around him, he's rarely on screen during those scenes. He's monologuing, but it's all about these like silent characters in the oh, background. Their reactions, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And especially during the church monologue, uh-huh. it is it's showing these nine or ten people, and they're all reacting completely differently mm-hmm. to his sermon. Well, that's like, because Melissa knitting. Leo has the creepiest O face in history. Oh, she okay. just yeah, she she fucking chewed it up on this movie. I loved it. Yeah, 
Okay. Is so- Melissa Leo a bad person? Like in real life, do we know? I don't think so. Don't Why? Know. Should I look I it up? Like, I'd hate every to time that. I every time I see her, she is she is balls deep into playing just a, a heinous piece of shit. Looks <laughs> like Jackie Earl. She's got Jackie Earl Haley syndrome. Yeah, is what I guess. she's got. She's like, hey, you know, do you remember that time that I was like a serial killer? Well, what about that time that I was a, a weird pedophile? What about that time I was a pedophile serial killer? Yeah, maybe she like, just knows where her fun is. That's it. That's all. Yeah, I mean, like, well... My fun is being an awful piece of shit. Yeah, she... I don't know. Like, she gives me weird vibes. Like, I don't I don't know what it is, but, like, I've, I've, I've only seen her in a couple of movies, and the movies that I have seen her in, it's like, I never like you. Melissa Leo. Like, oh, no. you know, it's, yeah. it's weird. I don't like the performance is, is, is good and fine. And, and like, it's, I, I believe the character, but I'm like, man, how many times are you going to play a piece of shit? Really, really convincingly when you're really I fucking good. Know. I'd like to, well, I think, I think I just have, I, I was wondering I if she's a piece that of we shit. We might be missing here. Speaking of the piece of shit, I think there's something that we might be missing here. When it comes to the content, like how much screen time these guys get, because like off camera, there was a lot of shit that was happening with Westboro Baptist and Kevin yes. Smith's movie. Like the first thing that happened was the initial screening of this. And this is from IMDb trivia. The initial screening of this. He asked Westboro Baptist, specifically Megan Phelps Roper, I think her name is, to come over and bring the family and watch it. And they like they said, "Hey, listen. By the way, this is a this is a mature film. You can't bring the kids." And they, and they were mad about that, but they said, "Fine." And they came over to the Kansas like city screening. They watch it. They get fifteen minutes into it, and they get up and say that it is filth and trash and leave. Then, when it debuts for like one week at Quentin Tarantino's fucking theater or whatever, Westboro Baptist comes out and goes ahead and protests. And then Kevin Smith has a counter protest that's double. So there's two things that I'm drawing from this. One, I think this entire movie was made specifically for for Kevin Smith's chip on his shoulder about Westboro. And two, I think that he invited them specifically so he would make sure they protest. Oh yeah, sure. Either because he wanted bigger he wanted a bigger buzz about his movie, or he wanted to stick it to them with a counter protest. Like he had a counter protest so large that Westboro picked up and left. Well, he, he <laughs> just went. He home. never hid from the um, beginning, and I, I remember this from the the three point two million app or hours of uh, of Kevin Smith podcast that I've listened to. <laughs> is he never hid this from the beginning? He he targeted Westboro with this from the very beginning because his. Uh, one of his good friends, Malcolm Ingram, who is a, a constant in his universes, he's in all the movies and at least a bit part. He, Malcolm Ingram, wrote a small movie called Small Town Gay Bar about okay. what it's like to run a gay bar in a small red state. Okay. And a good chunk of that movie is about Westboro picketing mm. these gay bars. Okay. So he he targeted them from the beginning, and he specifically targeted Megan Phelps Roper. Okay, and it it was the idea, and and they still to this day have like a friendly back and forth banter. Megan Phelps Roper has left the church. She is actually a very outspoken gay activist, or she's not gay herself, but she's a very okay. outspoken activist for That's the gay cool. community. 
And and a lot of people credit, you know, some of his intervention and his talking to her on Twitter that sort of sparked that Hmm. and sparked a, a small exodus from Westboro. That's really cool. Boom. Wow. Um, That's yeah. awesome. Way to go, Kevin Smith. See, Liam, was it, no, Kevin was this Smith's Kevin Smith person. or was this Kevin Smith's friend? Uh, no, this was Kevin Smith. He took it from that documentary. Sorry, I, I, yeah, so I'm sorry. I lost the thread there for a little I'm bit. I'm sorry. Sure yeah, we're he, talking about he Kevin took, Smith or Kevin Smith's buddy. He took it from his buddy's documentary and you started specifically Kevin targeting. Smith to be a good person. The, I thought we were still talking about, about Kevin Smith's friend. I'm sorry. Yeah, and and then on top of that, there's also uh-huh. I mean I I thought the through line to Waco in this movie was a lot more stronger than anything. Like they reference okay. Waco multiple times. Every time, yeah, John Goodman's making a hard decision. He's like, you know how this turned out last time. All right. Well, there was another one specifically. Right. Was it Ruby Ridge? Yeah, oh yeah, Ruby Ridge was a big one. That was the. I feel like that that was more recent, correct? I'm not as sure. No, about that, that was before Waco. That was okay. before Waco. I don't even know that reference. That was before Waco. Sorry, as a as a Southerner that was as a Southerner that was raised conservative. Let me tell you, I know exactly <laughs> when the government oversteps yeah. their bounds. Um. So, oh, wow. um, Ruby Ridge happened first. They had a hostage situation at Ruby Ridge where basically, like, accidentally they shot and killed a couple people because a sniper took a shot he wasn't supposed to fucking take, right? So that blew up, but not as bad as Waco because, like, a couple people died, Uh yes, right? But it was, like, some snipers and then some hostage situations. That was about it. Waco was real bad, real, real, real bad because it was the same situation as Ruby Ridge, except this time they were kind of, like, trying to play it cool and then a couple people went nuts, and then directly after that, they got specific permission from the president to go in there and literally just kill wow. every single person there. Like, all of them. And what they had done is they thought they would be safe to hide all of their children, like, in this, like, kitchen place, which was far away from everywhere else. There was no points of entry. It was very far. And that's exactly where they decided to drop the bomb and breach. So they, like, killed a huge room full of kids. Huge room full of kids. U.S. government just killed them. Actually, the president signed yeah. off on it, too. So, yeah, that was the kind of the issue, um, is that, like, not, it, it, it looks, everybody mm. looks bad here. Everyone looks bad in this situation. Uh, the ATF looks bad because they're like, you know what, fucking kill them all. And that's a real thing the ATF does, is just and kill just like everyone. Yeah, you do not fuck with just, ATF. Yeah. And just like, like in real life, key. they get away with yeah, it. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll murder you. We're heading into last call territory. Do we feel like we need to talk about anything else before we actually get into last call? Man, I feel like we haven't, I, I feel like we've talked about a lot of stuff around the movie, but like. I kind of feel I'm, that way too. We haven't really talked about the movie. Guys, Go how ahead, amazing Shaggy. is this movie? It's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Um, I can love it. I got a bunch. I got a bunch of stuff, buddy. Specifically about okay. the way that it was shot, right? Um, so it was shot over twenty-five days. It was shot all digital. Oh wow, the, that's a whirlwind. Okay, yeah, it was because it was one of the first times that Kevin Smith could edit the footage the day he shot it. Oh, he that's used cool. something called a red camera system, so he could edit the footage the day he shot it, and he shot it in sequence. And uh, between shooting scenes, Smith would be editing nonstop in between the shootings while they were setting up the next shooting. 
So oh, literally wow. two days after they finished, Kevin showed a final cut of the film to the entire cast and crew at the rap party. Bang. Holy cow! Ready yes. to go, right? Like That's that really fast. cool. Um, this was, I love the ROIs. This was his uh, second lowest budget film after Chasing Amy. Let's hear it for the fisting, Liam Masick. <laughs> uh, but four, $4 million he spent on this, but only made $1.8 million back. It's one of the very Holy few shit. films. Ooh. Yeah, I know. This was a so, huge bust. Horror films almost never so, bust. I mean, I'm not... I'm it's not, not, not a really, horror film. I mean, it's labeled as a horror film, but... But it's not one. I, I want to say, Kevin too, Smith though, is quoted saying that this is a nasty-ass four million horror flick with few, if any, redeeming characters. So well, does he's, anybody, he's incorrect. Does anybody have... So four million dollars... <laughs> Wait a minute. You're breaking your own rule. So, I'm not. It doesn't line up with literally anything else that we've established. So hold on, I have to say so grotesque uh, check. So yes, Lauren, go ahead, what's Lauren, up? Go ahead. Well, well, I, I okay. got the, so four yeah. million dollar budget. Does anyone know? Like, did he call in favors with these actors? Because like, how yes. does he have a four million dollar budget? He sent the script directly to Michael Parks and John Goodman. Okay, who both signed on immediately just based off the dialogue, and they did not need a they, big paycheck. They took big pay cuts to be in this movie. Very John Goodman specifically said, "I am always cast as the bumbling fat friend." I, I, as soon as I read my dialogue in this, I wanted to be in it. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause I mean, I look they at that only spent $4 million total for special effects. Yeah. Cause 5, I look 000. at that $4 million budget and I look at John Goodman, Melissa Leo, Michael Parks, and I'm like, oh shit. Like how Steven Root. Pre, this was pre Oscar Melissa Leo though, correct? Directly she got after. She Oscar for the fighter, correct? Directly after the fighter. This was right after the fight. Yes. I, I think it might have been like pre, like post. Like after the fighter wrapped, but before the award I was given. So. I believe oh, so. Oh, yeah. Fighter was 2010. She campaigned really hard. I remember that she kind of did a, a lot of uh, self-promotion for the fighter, which like I don't have a, a, a strong opinion on uh, as far as like award season goes. I know a lot of it is campaigning. But like, apparently there were people had issues with how she campaigned for her Oscar. Oh, um, interesting. But oh. like, there's some, yeah, like we're, I don't know if, how much of it is sour grapes, but like she rubbed some people the wrong way. Huh. Uh, and I noticed I haven't seen a lot of Melissa Leo since then, but oh, I, don't wow. know if that's, I don't know if that's a coincidence, but, uh, but no, this was, this was before she got her Oscar, I think. Which yeah, makes sense. Let's see. <laughs> Well, I guess for sure it filmed before she got her Oscar. One, one thing. But so no, the setup of this movie. My my last call is also kind of my first call. Like the setup of this movie is very is is bumpkin horror. It's like you're doing a bumpkin horror with the Westboro Baptist Church. Uh huh. Yep. There's and I was versions. kind of here for it. Yeah. You got the three kids that like they fall for a, a trap sex ad on a on a app uh-huh and then they go out they get drugged they wake up and they're captured right i'm so on board through that yes and that's when we get the uh that's when we get the the creepy pastor speech wait wait can we back up to the get drugged part okay yeah okay look I, I, 
10 year wedding anniversary coming up. I, I have been <laughs> okay. so that, it, 15 years together total. I, I have been with the same person lovingly since before there was Grinder, <laughs> since before there was Tinder, since before there was barely even Craigslist to trade a couch for a hand job. Okay. I would know better that if I was to solicit sex from somebody online and I showed up to their fucking trailer in the middle of nowhere and they pulled an already opened beer bottle out of the fridge right? to say, maybe nah, it was because dog, we I'm just good. watched the game. But like, as soon as I saw that those beers were already opened, I was like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Right? nope. What I just thought back to that scene when Michael Douglas that. is like, no, I didn't ask for ice in my glass. And why is this water bottle open? Like, yeah. I just went straight back there. I'm sorry. I, I had to. I'm like, I'm looking at. Uh, no, call dog, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> like your 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 little antennas have got to pop up and say like, they that's not right at all. all. The, the blood was out of their brain. The blood was in their dicks. Hey, I suppose, like, but that's like, I mean, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, for sure. I don't care how horny you are. How horny, but they're also like, I feel like they're pretty sheltered. They're young, like. Look, Lauren's are exciting. I don't know. No, Lauren, I have known you for 20 years. <laughs> if I showed up here today and you were like, hey, do you want your first beer? And you opened a fucking opened bottle of beer out of the fridge <laughs> and handed it to me. I would have looked at you and Chris and I'd been like, nah, bro, I'm, I'm all right. I'm going to I'm going to head out. I'll wait in the car. I got to drive. I'm going to phone this one in. Uh, sorry. <laughs> That's what I should have no, done. Like, well, yeah. I mean, it's not because like, I wanted you to go, but like that would have been perfect for the movie. Like, yes. hey, CJ, I have a Miller Lite for you. I popped it already. Yeah, that's what I'm drinking this week. It's a Miller Lite <laughs> that I pulled out of a stranger's fridge already opened. Yeah, like the... the I mean, so that, that scene when they show up to Melissa Leo's trailer, I get it because they show up and they're obviously like a little bit dubious about Melissa Leo showing up. Uh-huh, right. And being like, hey, I'm your good time for the night. But they realize that she, that like in the pictures, there weren't, there was no face. There were no faces. Her, uh, her tits matched the tits that we saw. Like they, they made them look, I don't know. Or maybe she has just has really perky tits, but like the boobs matched. Yeah. So you, you are very, you are very finicky about your tits in movies. So like you, yes. you're, you're the authority. If they're not she's good, got, you'll say so. She's got good boobs. And I feel like they, I feel like they drew attention or maybe I was just looking but like i feel like they drew attention to the fact that the boobs underneath that sweatshirt like matched the shape matched the mm -hmm. lift and i don't know like if that's just melissa leo if that is good for her because that's awesome um but like they did a good job at that element <laughs> also like i will i will give it for that part melissa leo is a perfect casting mm -hmm. and the idea that like, just as a guy who has been blue-balled to death and is looking for a release, if I'd have gone through the same effort as Ed Adnetti did right there and gone <laughs> all the way out there and Melissa Leo is who I showed up and saw, I'd have been like, oh, that's not who I was looking for, but okay. But like, I feel like they addressed that. I feel like they addressed that because they were like, oh, there's no face. Like, and it's like, yeah, that's yeah, okay. Like, Look at those boobs. They, they played that very well. That was like, they showed up and it's like, hey, I'm Melissa Leo. And they're like, uh, uh, okay. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that is exactly that, what 19 year old blue bald CJ would have done in that moment. <laughs> I would have been like, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, not, but yeah. I'm, so like they, yeah. they did that well. 
but I do think that somebody would have been like, are these beers already open? Yeah. That's weird. Right. Like, well, that's... was it as a parent? Okay. So was it as a, cause they got, they each got two beers, right? Yes. Was it as a parent with the first beer she gave them? Like, could they have already been feeling the effects? No, I think they... they were both already open. Well, yes, of course. The first ones were already open, but I wonder if it wasn't quite so obvious. Whatever. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I, don't I, guess, know. It's, but, I guess it's yeah, obvious. So they get no drugged what. and the guy wakes up in a cage. And then, like, you have that guy who's uh, shrink wrapped to a cross. Oh, how fucking cool was that? The special effects on that for $5,000. No, it's very what, good. From what I understand, they had to tone it back. They had a whole different scene in mind for that. Oh, and wow. what they did instead was that shot through the bottom of the head. And I will picture that flame coming out of the top of his head for the rest of my life. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. The original was supposed to be like, the, Kevin Smith asked for a goat's head, like on top. Like, to signify that this is a satanic member of Satan or something, that they're going to kill this dude because he's a Satanist or mm. something. And mm-hmm. then they were like, the special effects budget guy was like, no, 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 you don't want a goat's head. A goat's head is small. You're thinking of a ram's head. And he's like, yeah, give me a ram's head. How much for a ram's head? <laughs> and they were like, $5,000. And he said, absolutely <laughs> that <my> not. <laughs> like, that's my whole budget. But that's about where it stops being a horror movie, right? Yes. No, and yeah, then it goes into I, I that something completely the me. fuck else. Yeah, it becomes an action survival movie. Yeah, and I think that's where it John lost Goodman. me this time. Yeah, around. but except nobody really survives. No, it becomes a Tarantino movie. Sure. Like yes, yeah, Tarantino. Does. Yeah, yes. yeah, it a hundred percent does. But I don't think he ever hid that. But yeah, he does sit, call it a horror movie. But it and and the first third he, of it, he's correct. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's as if he got Michael uh, Parks and was just like, well, I'm going to make a Tarantino movie since I got this guy. Let's do it. Yeah, I I agree with that. Right. So I want to talk about how this is actually a horror movie real quick. Okay. I want to just get it out of my system. Right. Great. Is because like, first and foremost, the, the original ending of this was supposed to be that like the apocalypse actually does happen and like an angel does come down. Like, after the angel literally does come down, and then what happens next is, this angel takes out his final trumpet and blows it, and then the hearts and heads of everyone in the congregation explodes. All of their hearts and heads explode. And the ATF and everybody else is kind of left there. Like, most of these people die, except for the John Goodman character. And then the angel, like, looks at him and then puts her finger to her lips or something and says, shh. And then goes away. And that's the end of the movie. That was supposed to be the original ending. I have no idea why we changed it other than Kevin Smith ran out of money. He ran out of money. That's exactly the reason. Oh, uh uh-huh. Right. It's got to be that. So there's really only four things to a horror movie. One, right? The protagonist has to be motivated by fear. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the protagonist in this movie is because we keep switching the narrative. Ed or Eddie. So I'm... I'm unclear. Maybe it's them, but they just die. Is it John Goodman? Well, he's not here no. the whole time. Is it the pastor? No, because he's, I mean, I think it's maybe. him. I think it's the maybe. pastor. Well, he's I think never it's, motivated yeah. by fear for a second. And he is never not motivated by fear, but I think that that's, I think that that's misleading because you can still have a horror movie in which oh. the villain is the protagonist. Or where the lead character dies. That's true. Yes. And I don't and like about, that because if you have... The Lord? Okay, because if you have a horror movie, absolute zero fear of God in that man. That's true too. He claims it. How could you tell? 
He <laughs> claims it, but he's not afraid of shit. He's not, no. He is balls yeah. deep into his own worldly power that he has woven over this family of his. Yeah. And he's yeah. not even afraid of losing it. I know so you're I mixing your metaphors yeah. just now, but I love the imagery of going balls deep into your own <laughs> power. Ooh. Like, my power! Yeah, I'm balls so deep in- <laughs> I struggle, I gotta be honest, to I hilt. struggle a little bit with that rule, because I to feel like hilt. you can definitely still have a horror movie in which the main character is the villain, in which case they may not be motivated by fear, right, but, but they are still fucking shit up. This is why we're also up. discussing, we're, we also get in trouble for discussing that the main character is not necessarily the protagonist. That's true, too. Yeah. Yeah, Chris so, comes on, and he's like, I'm going to cut all that shit out. Right. Because uh, it's boring. It's like freshman year. So I, my problem <laughs> with it is that it's... And that's that's a new... I, I would like to go ahead and on record and say that that's, that's kind of a new genre of horror in which you're kind of rooting a little bit for the villain. Uh-huh. Like, when the, okay. it turns into just a gore fest. It turns into just torture porn. Which I don't really believe is horror. It's horror adjacent, huh. but it's not real horror. When you start sitting there and you're like, "Yeah, I'm rooting. I can't wait for Jigsaw to get him again." Like that's oh, that's an interesting. That's an oh. interesting take, Shaggy. Because then you're not. Then it's not fear that you're feeling. It's right. just, but it's it's, it's like not- being grossed out, but it's not fear. So does that make it a horror I'm not movie? Scared. Mm. That's interesting. Jigsaw's never gonna get me. You know what I mean? Like, there's nothing that I've done really? wrong enough for Jigsaw to get me. Really? Yeah, I don't. Well, maybe not. See, I don't think my so. my sense of fear and horror in this movie came from the fact that it it to me it felt grounded because this mm. literally happened multiple times before with Waco and uh-huh. things like that, and. You never knew what was going to happen next. Like, there is no, like, well, this main character has a little bit of plot armor, and then, boom, they're shot. Yeah. It, it's the, the, the fear of not being able to tell where this plot's about to go. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. decide if I liked that or I didn't like that. I, I'm try- I, I feel like, I hate this. I get like this every once in a while. I'm sorry, everyone. But I get like this every once in a while where it's like, I know I feel strongly about it. Yeah. But I don't know which way. It's like that fine line between love and hate thing. You love it. <laughs> you love it. Admit it. I want to call into question the Gibby Gibson rule of good uh, entertainment, right? Uh, the reason why we like our characters complex and our plots simple is because in the real world, it's the opposite. Mm. So whenever we have a super complex plot that goes which way for no reason, we kind of don't like that, even though it might mimic real life. Okay. And whenever we have really dumb as a bag of hammers <laughs> makes decisions based on what's ever convenient at the moment characters, we hate that too. Because, man, that's a lot of what life is, is I do the best decision I can with the cards I have, yeah. and I don't really know, or have, like, a super-duper strong, rich moral code or something, or, like, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, ugh, it's just weird. Okay. Anyway. Anybody else have any last but, calls? So, yep. Yeah, sorry, I wanted to finish that up. So, Go ahead, audience members were scared, either because of the ATF or because of crazy people. Right? Or because you get shot in the head for no reason. All those things are horrifying. Grotesque, check. Protagonist not motivated by the fear of God. And it was intended to be a horror movie. The only reason this doesn't hit all four is that the Reverend 
is not afraid. Wait, who are we afraid for? He is the main character. We're afraid for the boys. For if if anybody in the first thirty minutes, but that goes away very quickly. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they disappear very fast. I, I feel like the beginning of this checks all of the boxes. And then it just gave up on what it was doing and decided to go do something else instead. And, and right. I was scared for the kids. And then at the end, I was scared that the divine judgment was going to come and kill all the ATF people. Really? Yeah. That, that these assholes might actually be right. Like there's a little bit, there's a little bit of fear weird about it. I'm glad he made it out on this one. It, It, that that so that yeah, made no, me happy. It is that's more accurate, CJ. I'm not scared that the angels are going to come down and kill those people. I'm I I the audience member am literally afraid that the reverend is right and all people everywhere are going to die that aren't cuckoo crazy banana pants. Yes, that's that is one of my greatest fears. I'm sorry, I'm I'm a little surprised that everybody was bought into the movie that hard at that point that they thought that the trumpets. Might I know the first real. time that I saw it, I did. Oh no, the first time. Yeah. Yeah. First time I was totally in. Interesting. This time knowing it was gonna come in that that cutaway to just him with the two apathetic so- F- ATF agents. <laughs> like that that scene, like those scenes to me, they're all steak. They're nice, chewy, delicious steak. And it's it's the kind of scenes that I know mm, that John Goodman was reading, and he was just like, "All right, I'm in. Like, I, I like this. I don't know if I I'm looking through my my long list of notes on this, and I'm trying to figure out what a last call would even be for this movie. Uh, let's see, what yeah, what is the the budget on ball gags for this movie? Because <laughs> um, there were a lot of fresh, Ew. brand new ball it's gags good. pulling out on this movie, and. I, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to assume just like most, you know, fun toys like that, they're not cheap. Well, maybe they were reused. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this was pre this was pre pandemic. I mean, it's just a ball gag, right? It's not really like going. That's true. Yeah. They might have been just washing and drying them. Drink that bucket. Drink that bucket of saliva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you guys think this movie's better than Tusk, at least? Yes, okay. I do. I do. Yes, I think most movies are. Okay. Wow. I love it. No, I think I like I think I think one of the movies in this movie is better than Tusk. (laughs) Like significantly better though. I think all of the movies in this movie are better than Tusk. That's true. But Tusk is fucking hot garbage. I agree, but I think that the the one movie within this movie (laughs) is like significantly better than Tusk. And I think that that's kind of where I, I don't know. Are we ready to go into reviews yet? Does anybody yes. else have any yeah, other I last calls? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Because I think that that's no, where I am. Oh, gosh. Here I am. I'm starting the reviews and I don't really know where I'm going to end up here. <laughs> um, but like, I think that that's what it is with me. Like, it started out really strong. It started out really strong. I liked it. I liked it up through... Honestly, and this is really hard for me to say, but I really liked it up through like the John Goodman plotline started. And that's nothing against mm. John Goodman. I think he did a phenomenal job, but I thought that that's when things kind of started going off the rails and then I felt like I was being like I felt like I was like watching a ping pong tournament where I was like what am I doing? Like where am I going? I I don't understand. I was so invested in this this one plotline that they started 
And then they they started doing different shit. And I felt like nothing was really there was too much going on. Um, so like I loved I love the plot line where they go to see Melissa Leo and then they get drugged and then they and, and it's I love it when it's a horror movie and then it starts becoming an action movie and I'm less into it. And then all of a sudden we cut away to these weird like agent guys or whatever and, and talking about. Like, I feel like we start talking about an agenda that I'm, like, not really interested in. And I don't know. But anyway, so, okay. So, what does that mean? No, it's not a four, <laughs> CJ. It's not a four, CJ. You guys can't see the, the um, all the hand signals I'm giving here. I, okay. So, I came in thinking Did you give the hand I was going to give this... <laughs> Isn't that just I a fist? I came in thinking I was... <laughs> it's a fist through the other hand, and then you wave with it. Apparently. Oh, really? Oh, According oh, to Kevin Smith's Chase Are they Andy. a Muppet? I don't understand. You give them, like, some, some spirit fingers. Yeah. They do call it the Kermit. Why are there so many say, fistings in no, sex scenes? That's What's on the other side? I came in thinking I was going to give it a one and a half. Wow. I don't remember what I gave Tusk, which is probably which is part of the problem. I'm, but I'm pretty sure I fucking savaged Tusk. Yeah, I think I gave Tusk like a zero or a point five. So I, th- but I think now, okay. So going off of the one plot that I really liked, so like the first half hour of the movie or so. I mean, and it's not a really long movie. I think I'm gonna go two. I think I'm gonna go two. Because I really mm. liked that that first that that movie that I thought we were being set up to watch, um, and I love John Goodman and I love Michael Parks and I think Melissa Leo did a great job. I think the girl who played Cheyenne did a really good job. She did. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead. You and wanted go to mention her snot, two. by the way. Melissa Leo snot. Yes. Thank you for the reminder. That thing needed a credit because like, holy shit, like they caught that at the right time. That one thing where she's just like, it's just dripping down. And then she's like, and just sucks it back up there. Yeah. Melissa Leo. Okay. Melissa Leo and her snot, like you get a quarter of a point. Um, so 2.25, I guess I'm ending up with for that snot, snot section. So I'm going to go 2.25. I'm sorry, CJ. 2.25. There's too much going on. It's because you're the only person in the room, so I have to make hard eye contact with you this entire entire chat. It's true. Shaggy, you want to go next? Um, So, yeah. I'm going to give it a a 2.5. Okay. um, Out of of a potential 5. It's not a perfect movie. It's not a great movie. Um, it, it, the reason why I wouldn't give it a three, which would mean that is an average movie, is that a couple different reasons. Uh, my, my biggest one, though, is that we tried to make a horror movie out of the ATF taking down Westboro Baptist Church, when what you could have just shown me is an actual documentary on what happened at Waco. Oh, yeah. Because it is literally the same story. You could have just shown me that. And it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me that we, we would do that because I've I mean like even watching the like the the mini series multi part mini series about Waco, Texas, stuff like that, that stuff gets me going. Like I love cults. There's something about cults that I love. I was 
a part of one. I've been a big student of cults for a while. Like it's it's a lot of a lot. It's very interesting to me. I like all the psycho jargon they use, I like all that stuff. So I wasn't terribly interested in a lot of it, other than the scene with the reverend. The scene with the reverend is so good yeah. that I give it a lot of credit because it's so good because that's the part you yes. want. You you mm-hmm. love to see your villains just sort of like flourishing. You know what I mean? Like, ooh, it's so great to see them. And I don't know when that happened, but like we love to see our 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 villains just like basking and writhing in their villainy. And that's what he was Chewing doing. Chewing the scenery is like, not always a bad yeah. thing. Right, exactly. Man, yes, absolutely right. Absolutely. Right. So, so two point five for me. I had a good time watching, uh, which is where a lot of that two point five comes from, and a lot from the the guy who played Abin Cooper. Uh, yeah, two point five. I think I am the opposite of CJ, where I I have to come to terms with the fact that you know I am I am not a Kevin Smith fan. I am a I am a Kevin Smith detractor. <laughs> Oof. Not so far as a hater, it sounds like. I can't say hate. Hate is a strong word. Because you like dogma, didn't you? No. Ooh. Like, dogma had its moments of of things. Like, there were things in it that I enjoyed. But, like, dogma is kind of like the prime example where, like, you can't get dogma anywhere on... You have to, like, pay $1,000 for it on Blu-ray on eBay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not... Actually, um, CJ has something for that. That's people, not Kevin Smith's fault. Well, no, I'm not saying that yeah. that's Kevin Smith's fault, but yeah. I'm saying that people talk about dogma like it's like, oh, it's it's like this lost great work. It's like it's like we can't get Citizen Kane. Like it's when people talk about dogma, they talk about it with reverence, and I don't understand why. Uh huh. Um, because Kevin Smith does this weird thing where it's not. Like his, his satire and his social commentary, I can never say that it's punching down. Uh huh. Uh, because it's punching people who deserve to be punched. Yeah. In ways that they deserve to be punched. But he, it's not punching down, it's punching clown. It's like he draws like the big cartooniest version of it and then punches that. Where like my biggest mm-hmm. problem, I think, with the scene with the preacher is it never felt dangerous enough to me that watching it, there was no there was no persuasion there. As far as like it never felt dangerous to be sitting watching that movie or worried that like people watching the movie might be like, Murray has a point. Mm-hmm. So it never felt yeah. like the stakes were that real. It was a cartoony man speaking to his cartoony people of which there were like 10 and that's kind of what those ratios are in real life. Yes. There are people like this in real life and yes, they have their little enclaves of followers and yes, they do, uh, from time to time organize in very dangerous ways, but like most of the people that would go see this movie already agree that that's bad and is borderline ridiculous and deserves our, our derision and, uh, deserves to be laughed at, punched and shot in the face. Mm-hmm. 
So I don't entirely understand why this movie was made or who it was made for. And I think part of my problem with Kevin Smith, when he gets into social commentary is that it's, it always feels like preaching to the choir. Like I, I never feel like these are movies that are made to change anybody's mind, Uh but just to sort of like make you feel better for agreeing. And I feel like the stakes of that are very low. This movie in particular, I liked the setup to a certain extent, much like you did, Lauren, as far as a horror movie goes. Mm-hmm. Bumpkin horror with the Westboro Baptist Church. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that. But then it shifted gears into the rest of the commentary. And it was not saying I need a good guy in everything. Mm-hmm. But it was pointing out all of the bad in everywhere to the point where I really lost the thread on what this movie was trying to say, if anything. Hmm. And if it wasn't trying to say something, I re- like I, I, I really struggled trying to figure out why this movie was made. Okay. Apart from just like Kevin Smith wanted to make a movie about the Westboro Baptist Church. And that's not a good enough reason for me for this movie to exist. Like this movie could have been, this movie could have been good in somebody else's hands yeah, and from somebody else's writing, but I've never been terribly impressed with his writing. His filmmaking in this was decent. I, I, I think it was, it was not a badly shot film. I think the acting is good. Uh, I love John Goodman. Yeah. I love Steven Root. Uh-huh. Um, the people that I hated, I, I enjoyed the performances of theirs that I hated. Like I hated them in the movie when I was supposed to hate them in the movie. Right. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention Steven Root in my review. Sorry. He was wonderful too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Steven Root is, he, he's the absolute tits. And yeah. the unsung he's, he's Kevin Pollock. Who? Oh gets, my God! Yeah, yeah Kevin Pollock. I mean, I mean, he was. Jesus, sorry, awesome. I forgot about him. Who you know? He was just showed up for two days and was yeah, like, just All showed right, up, well, got shot in the it. face, got paid, and then left. Yeah, yeah I got, he was I got to stand next to John Goodman for two days and rock this. Yeah, that's true. He was really good too. And um, I don't know about really good. He was. He was. He was fine. He was. Oh, Kevin I Pollock. thought he was, was he? really good. I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't see a whole lot of. I mean, he had three lines or whatever. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. You know, he was just kind of like he was there long enough to go, "Holy shit, Kevin Pollock!" And then it's like you get to forget that he was in the movie. Oh, but I thought his um, three lines were good. I don't know. So, I'm I'm gonna give it a two. Okay. And both of those stars are for the acting because I think it's a well acted movie. Mm-hmm. But goddamn, I really did not care for this movie at all. Um, yeah. It, it it does feel like Quentin Tarantino, like Kill Bill era Quentin Tarantino, when like he was just into like making movies because he could and he'd get like a concept in his head and be like, oh, I want to make a movie like this. And then he'd just do it. But he didn't really have a movie there to make. Mm-hmm. Um. But that, God bless him, it didn't stop him. And Kevin Smith is kind of, at this era anyway, sort of in that that same place where he has the means and the name to do kind of whatever he wants and then just sort of does it. And that's what I feel about this movie. All right. Oh, man. All right, CJ, bring us home. Sorry, CJ. I, I wanted to make sure you got the last... 
the last two cents in there because I know you like this movie a lot and I don't like shitting on the movies that everybody likes, but Mm -hmm. yeah, well just to fuck up your curve, I'm going to say 4.5 right off the top. All right. So we're we're, going to start with that. And then, uh, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you on any of your opinions there. I mean, I, it's just one of those things. It's like the Westboro Baptist. I know it's wrong. Um, (laughs) so what I, (laughs) this movie, like I, when I watched this the second time, I was like, Oh, I remember, I remember seeing this the first time. I'll give it another shot. See how I feel about it. And I fuck, I was thrilled from beginning to end on this movie. I really, really loved it. And a lot of it, well, the acting was just amazing. I mean, to, to see these guys, to see Michael Parks, John Goodman, chewing up the scenery completely and doing it so well. I mean, if you're going to do something weird, yeah. do it all the fucking way. Yeah. And that's what they did the entire time. And there were these like little things in this movie that blew me away. It was... Uh, one, did, did you notice there was no actual like soundtrack music in this movie? Yes. I think they I do. Yes. They do if I'm a, if I know it correctly, they do one song that wasn't like written in the movie and that was one that Kevin Smith solicited from a fan. It was mm. I think the the heavy metal song that's playing when they're driving in the car. Okay. Everything, oh yeah. Yeah, everything else is a performed song. And it, it, it's just these like little details and I I will 100% agree that he was trying to do a Quentin Tarantino thing and God help me. I think he actually did it. And I, I don't give it a kill bill thing. Kill bill, Django unchained, those mm-hmm. kind of movies. Those are like this later Quentin Tarantino where you, you know that the protagonist is going to live through the whole movie or at least till the very end to prove their point. This felt more like a like an early Quentin Tarantino thing where you don't know what's going to happen. You don't actually know who is going to survive this from minute to minute if they're going to kill a main character off at any second. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, that's true. And like to me like that was just thrilling. I really liked it and everything in it was definitive. Nothing was left up to well, what do you think happened here or everything happened. It it fucking happened hard. And then it was over. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I'm putting that across in the right way that I want to do that. Like, to me, everything worked out in, in the way that I, when I shut this movie off, I didn't have any lingering questions. Some really fucked up things happened. Uh, Waco f- happened for the third time. And then the movie, and then credits. You know what this reminds me of, CJ? And I, th- it, more so than a Quentin Tarantino movie. This reminds me of Kevin Smith's No Country for Old Men. Yes, absolutely. And I, I hate that, but like, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, I, 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 I can agree the, with that completely. The, the difference is, like, that was the year that we had, like, Daniel Day-Lewis as Daniel Plainview, and we had uh, Javier Bardem as Anton Chigurh. Which was and- 2007? I think so. Was that the same year this came out? When it, did this come it out? was, it was, this was 2011. Yeah. So not long before this movie and you can see where the, yeah. where the zeitgeist was leading him on this. I, I, I do. And I think, and I honestly think that's kind of my problem with the preacher character is when those guys feel the most dangerous to me is when you're listening to what they're saying and they start making sense. Yeah. And, and this movie never got there for me. 
I don't know if that makes any sense to you at all, but like, that's my, sorry. When you said that, I was just like, oh, that's what this is because it reminds me very much of no country where it's like, oh, and people are just dying. You're like, I thought I was with this guy, but I guess not. So yeah, Yeah. no, I, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, he says from the top, there's no good guys in this movie. I mean, you, you, you're kind of led to believe the three virgins are the good guys. Not really. I mean, mm-hmm. they 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 don't deserve to die like most yeah. of the other characters. But they're not really good people. Even um, you know, and it, God forbid, I can't remember her name. Not Melissa Leo, the other main character, the younger girl, Cheyenne. Cheyenne, Cheyenne. is the, the it's fucking terrible character. character. Yeah, that was the one thing when they started doing a little redemption thing. I was like, there's absolutely no way that she's supposed to be redeemed in this. Really? Like she was Why do you feel that way? I mean, just in the scene where they shoot the guy through the top of the head, she's, you know, giggling along and happy. It's not till the shit hits the fan that she realizes that she needs to be the good person and try to get these kids out of here. Well, but she wasn't she wouldn't have been there where they were shooting the guy through the head cuz she took right. the kids out. I did miss that. But she knows what's going on. They yes. got they got a guy saran wrapped to a cross. That's true. That guy's not walking out of there to tell the story. Yeah, you're true. That's like, true. I, I, she she's probably okay. the only character in it that I just. Well, like, but you don't ter- feel. Oh, see, that's interesting because you don't feel like she was just brainwashed into this. I just feel like she was. Oh, like she was raised. I mean, yeah. she's absolutely supposed to be a stand-in for Megan Phelps Roper. That was the whole point of her okay, character for okay. sure. Like the cute young blonde that's the forward face and. But at the same time, like I just did not feel it, the same way that I don't really feel any like a lot of redeeming quality for Megan Phelps Roper. She spread hate for 32 years yeah, and then yeah, yeah. spent the last five years spreading love. Like y- you've got a little bit more, interesting, a little bit more road to hoe. Cause I feel like can... I would, I feel like I would argue that I felt like Cheyenne was the only real redeeming character. Oh, but that's it. So that's interesting. Yeah. She's the only one that I, well of that, of that, I mean like, cause obviously yeah. you have like the, the people on the outside, but like of that clan, you know what yeah. I mean? Well, I mean, just naturally I don't trust the ATF. So when they start getting all shot up, I'm like, all right, you know, that's, that's part of their gig that they, they went in guns ablaze and that's how that's going to happen for them. <laughs> but it does prove like at the end, that's another thing I really love about this movie is the like they're not good guys and they win in the end. Like they're, you know, they have their little meeting, which I love that fucking scene with, you know, another John Goodman scene where he's explaining the situation and these smug assholes, they they've won. They, they've already spun this the correct way. There's, there's no loss for them, even though like 40 of their guys got shot in the head. Mm -hmm. It's, it's to me, that is like a very, not satisfying ending, but a very realistic and good ending. <laughs> I can like well written ending. Yeah, I yeah, should yeah. Say. Okay. Okay. Oh shit! Five, maybe. Do we have a five thirty? We do have a five thirty. Five thirty-two. It's you put it on. Okay. What is it? Five thirty-two. Yeah. Okay. What is it? It was added. It was added by Dan Ferlito. Oh, shit! It is your pick. Okay. It is They Look Like People. Oh, yeah! I would 
going to do this, so we're going to have Bring Dan. Bring me Dan. And Dan, that's perfect because Bring me he's... the head of Dan Ferlito. Oh my God, Dan from Danger Close is going to be on Danger Suspecting that people around him are turning into evil creatures, a troubled man questions whether to protect his only friend from an impending war or from himself. I'm excited. CJ, thank you so much for joining us Seriously, again. Seriously, thank Fuck you. Yeah. I, you know, I... I I love you guys, even though you're so wrong. Just so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Appreciate you. Yeah, fucking. We love you very much, prudes. CJ. I love you an awful lot. I love you guys too. Unlike this movie. Yes. I Oof. love you. Woof. Um, but yeah, thank you, CJ, for joining us again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, please join us on Facebook on our Facebook group, the Fright Pub Podcast Shit Posting Morgue. And you can weigh in on whether Red State is a horror movie <laughs> or whether it is good. You know, there's all sorts of things we could talk about with this movie. And we did. We uh, did. Also, if you're listening to this on uh, Apple Podcasts or a podcatcher that allows you to leave a rating and a review, why don't you leave us a rating and a review? Yes, uh, it really helps us to to grow the show and to to put our our words in front of more ears, as it were. Uh, so yeah, maybe, maybe you should do that. I'd appreciate it. So thank you all for joining us. And until next time, please podcast responsibly. Stay Friday. Stay Friday. Two minutes delay. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs>